Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Teen Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. First, I want to give a big, big, big apology that I recorded so early last week and missed Javi's pregnancy announcement. Yes, I'm calling it Javi's pregnancy announcement because one, I barely know the name of his girlfriend. Is she a girlfriend? I mean, I guess she's a girlfriend, right? Uh, I barely know her name. It's either Laura or Lauren, and I can't, like, be too stressed about figuring it out. And two, let's be real, this is Javi's pregnancy. I mean, she's just along for the ride, right? Now, is this insane? Yeah. Is it surprising? I would say this is the least surprising thing that's ever happened in Teen Mom Land. Right? Like, I... Duh, of course he got some girl pregnant. Um, Do I care that much? Yeah, it's fun for the drama. Here's the thing. I think Kale and Javi are probably still sleeping together, would be my guess. I would love if Kale got pregnant by Javi during all of this. Well, I wouldn't love it, like, for real, for real, because, yes, it's real people who are involved. I know. (laughs) But I would love it just, like, because it'd be fun. (laughs) Anyway, I'm pretty excited, I guess, to see how it all goes. Javi's really working hard to get, you know, his spot on the show saved. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure this new girl will be on the show. I'm sure she's thrilled. Imagine having a baby with Javi. She lives in South Carolina or North Carolina, apparently. She does not even live in the same state as Javi, just so you guys know. (laughs) That's ridiculous is a word for it. Besides that, there hasn't been any, like, huge teen mom news in the last two weeks, I don't think. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Um... But yeah, so I want to first quickly talk about Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. I'm still loving it, but I'm going to be honest, like, I'm feeling this season of Teen Mom too. I don't know if you guys are enjoying it, but I, at least so far, I'm really enjoying it. So I'm enjoying doing Teen Mom 2 recaps. I think a lot's happening. This last episode was really good for a Teen Mom 2 episode. Um, I think come, like, 15 episodes, I'll be like, I fucking hate Teen Mom 2, cancel this fucking show. But as of now, I'm really enjoying it. So I'm not going to go too deep into Team Mom Young and Pregnant. But finally, Jade, like, admitted that Sean does drugs. Did you guys all catch that? I had to, like, rewind the scene twice. I'm like, is she saying Sean does drugs? (laughs) Apparently, he... I mean, I've been saying this for, what, like, a month? Probably for, like, for multiple episodes. I've been, like... Something's really weird. It's weird that he stays up all night and sleeps all day. It's weird that she's mad about him hanging out with guy friends. And then today she said, like, not today. Today's literally Saturday because I'm recording this uh, really late in the week. (laughs) It's like I either record on Tuesday or record last minute on Saturday. Hmm. Well, I'm a mess because unfortunately podcasting is not my full-time job. Also, my neighbors are being very loud outside. By the way, I'm moving home in two weeks, um, like in 15 days, and my mom has a dog. I'm moving with my mom for a little bit. Yes, I'm 30 and moving with my mom, but TBH, I'm so hyped. My mom buys like all beautiful gourmet food. Like that bitch goes to like three different grocery stores to get the food that she likes. She has incredible products. Oh, my mom has you know, a high class taste, if you will. And I love living with her. I can't wait to eat her food. I can't wait to not pay rent for a little bit. (laughs) I'm really, really excited. But she has a dog that kind of barks sometimes. So let's see how recording this podcast goes. Also, I'm like not sure she even understands that I have a podcast. Because although my mom listens to podcasts, like she's a Pod Saves America head. Um, We got her a friend of the pod shirt for her birthday. Like, she loves Pod Save America. 
and like political podcasts and comedy podcasts. I'm positive she's never listened to my podcast and has never asked me what the name of my podcast is. And I'm not sure she even understands that I still have a podcast. (laughs) I'm not sure my stepdad knows what a podcast is. So recording from my mom's house is going to be experimental. Um, I might take a week off. You guys know I very rarely take weeks off, but I might take a week off uh, when I do move because I'm going to have to like drive to Pennsylvania. It's the worst driving. I, by the way, I fucking hate road trips. In case anybody's wondering, I hate road trips. Ugh, awful. But so yeah, it'll be an exciting new experience to record at my mom's house um, with the dog probably barking in the background. Hopefully I can do it when she's like chill and not barking, but you know, we'll see. Look, Here's the deal. I don't have a podcast studio. (laughs) Could you imagine if I like rented out space in a podcast, in a podcast studio, in a recording studio every week? That would be fun. Anyway, I don't even know where I am. Um, Oh, young and pregnant. So Jade finally admitted that Sean is like doing drugs or he used to do drugs and she thinks he's like still doing stuff from his past. I don't know. She didn't say straight out he was doing drugs, but she definitely implied it. I personally love when Jade's mom, who in my head is still named Crystal, although I remember we found out her name isn't Crystal, uh, like storms around bitching about Sean. It's very funny to me. Also, somebody pointed out, I think maybe Billy, was it you, Billy, texted me and said, hey, do you think Young and Pregnant got extended episodes? Because Chloe is like double the size that she was in the last episode. And I realized like in this episode, all the babies went from like three months to six months old. And I'm wondering if they went and did some reshoots. Uh, not Or like not reshoots, but like extend it, like went and shot for an extra week so that they could like extend the season. And yeah, I think that's possible because Chloe is all of a sudden like a full baby. Like she's not a newborn anymore. The way they spell Chloe is like so fucking offensive and tragic. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Jade is single. Jade has kicked Sean out, but I think in real time they're back together, of course. I think Jade and Sean are going to be on and off for a long time, would be my guesstimate. Guesstimate's not the right word there. It would just be guess. Anyway, Brianna. When I told you guys Brianna is the Janelle of this show, I just want to once again say that I was right. <laughs> Is that, I mean, she has been with her new boyfriend for two weeks and they say I love each other and she's contemplating not moving with her mom because it's not just about her. Now, I understand like why she would maybe not want to move to Oregon because she has a new boyfriend and when I'm 18, like the last thing I want to do is move away from this new boyfriend that I think is really cool. But the way she said it was insane. But anyway, uh, Vanessa, Brianna's sister, I think is two years older than her And Jessica confront Brianna. Brianna is like, we're just really happy. Like, we love each other. And Vanessa's like, you've been together for two weeks. Like, what are you doing? You can tell that Vanessa and Jessica are, like, really freaked. I guess they're all on board with it now. But I think they just drove to Oregon, by the way. Jessica, Brianna, and her new boyfriend, Robert. I I have a feeling he might have moved with them. Um, What else is he going to do? So we find out that Brianna has been with this guy for two weeks. They spend every single day together. They're super in love. And Jessica kind of like drops a bomb that when her lease is up, she's moving from Wisconsin back to her family in Oregon. And, you know, I kind of like the way she did it. She gave them what I'm assuming is if they just moved and it's June, their lease is probably up at the end of May. And I think this was shot sometime around like New Year's would be my guess. Um, she gave them like a couple months, six months or whatever warning and was like, look, I'm going, I would love for you guys to come with me, but I understand if you don't. And I thought Vanessa had a really, really good response where she's like, I have a boyfriend that I'm really happy with. I have a great job. So I think I'm going to stay here. You know, I love Oregon and like maybe one day I'll live there, but I'm not planning on moving. And I thought that made sense. Vanessa's probably 19 or 20, um, Good for her, but Brianna is like, well, it's just not about me. 
<laughs> it's about us now. And her mom and sister are like, okay, well, don't you think it'd be, like, good for you to come with me? You know, Brayson will grow. By the way, I cannot believe that baby's name is Brayson. And I swear to God, Vanessa, when she says his name, it sounds like Grayson. Because that's, well, I mean, is Grayson an actual name? But it's a popular name. <laughs> Vanessa really sounds like she's saying Grayson. Vanessa and Brianna look so much alike. Have you guys noticed, have you guys noticed that those sisters look alike? <laughs> Crazy, I know. Um, anyway, Vanessa, excuse me, Brianna does not really care to hear that Oregon would be a good place for her to live. Um, and that's why she's a Janelle, because she already has a new guy playing dad to her kid after two weeks. It's been two weeks, and she's like, he's just really stepped up with Brayson and is really proving himself. <laughs> oh, my God. it It's horrific. Like... Let us all pray that Robert is a good guy and he's not taking advantage of Brianna and that he's not going to hurt Brayson. Is that dark? Yeah, it is. But she's letting this guy that she's been with for two weeks play daddy. That's disturbing. It's really disturbing to me. The way that these girls across all the shows let these men come in and touch even not inappropriately, but put their hands on their newborn children is so deeply disturbing to me. Okay, next, on to Kayla. You know, I know I've said that, like, Kayla should be the one that gets dropped, but I do think I like Kayla. I just can't, I don't know, I can't decide. Stefan is, like, so compelling to watch on TV, like, in a really dark, horrific way. But I have to say, like, watching Stefan flip out about Kayla's mom is, it's fun. <laughs> it's, ex- fun is not the right word. It's exhilarating. Um, it gets you, like, hyped up in a way that a lot of the other fighting doesn't on OG and Team Mom 2 because the fights are just, gets to be so stale. And Stefan, like, screaming to the point where you are sure he is in a rage blackout and is not in control of his body anymore. Who? I can't, I can't help but be a little thrilled by it. Is that wrong that I'm kind of like waiting for him to hit someone? Yeah, I understand that that's wrong. Am I going to tell because these are real people, not TV characters? Yes, I am. But am I okay with it? Look, I mean, how many times do I have to go over the fact that like, I can't question the ethics in reality TV? Because once I start doing that, then I, like, lose all control. By the way, I'm about to have, like, a crazy ethical rant about Team Mom 2 coming up. Am I a hypocrite? Yes, I am. So, yeah, Kayla. Oh, and her little baby has to get one of those dock bands, the helmets, which, okay, Isaiah's definitely the cutest baby on Young and Pregnant. That baby is so fucking cute. Thank God he looks just like Kayla. And not like Stefan. And she should not risk having another baby with him in case he comes out looking like Stefan. When it comes to Ashley and Barr, I think I'm getting a little burnt out on their drama. I'm not sure how to describe this, but I think they're falling into a Farrah trap where that they don't have a lot of redeeming qualities in their segments So I'm just like, oh, more fighting. I find Ashley very hard to like. I like Pastor T, although I know that's not popular on the internet. I will say I did like the scene of Barr apologizing to Ashley's parents and her stepdad, Ted. I think his name is Ted, being like, look, you're a statistic. Like, you're not even supposed to be here, really. And I appreciate that you're stepping up and that you're trying and we're family and that mistakes are going to happen. But we got to get things right. I did like, I like Pastor Ted. He has a good, he's not a pastor. His name's just Ted. Ted has a good, like, vibe to him. Um, I think T and Ted have what looks like a nice marriage, and I'll be really bummed if they break up. (laughs) But that said, the only redeeming qualities to your segments can't be, like, your mom and stepdad who aren't in that many scenes. Um, I think Ashley is just, like, she's too tough to watch, I don't know. I don't know. She's like too much. The thing that drives me nuts about Ashley is that she's in the right. Like She's in the right about a lot of stuff, but I find her a little too abrasive. Although 
I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how to describe it. I think like when it comes to Shen, she's totally right. I think she has an ego on her that I find very unappealing. And I think Jade also has an ego like that. Um, and I find Jade scenes to like not be that easy to watch either because there's also no, I guess, like redeeming character. Like Brianna's, Kayla's, and Lexi's don't do that for me as much. Um, I think Jade and Ashley, which is funny because they're the two older girls, are both like very hard-headed and they're very much like Kale. And that, for me personally, is hard to watch. But I'm worried that Ashley and Barr are going to a place where what I liked about them earlier in the season, and I said this, is that Ashley and Barr are one of the only couples to have ever been on Teen Mom who genuinely seem like very good friends. They make each other laugh. They like hanging out. But they're getting so bogged down by like the Shen and the family drama that we're not seeing that. And their fights are very scary to me. And also like I guess I just can't get get out of my head those like Instagram live fights that I saw. Um, I don't mean to laugh but like the domestic abuse that we that I saw. I don't know if all of you guys saw it but the domestic abuse that was like displayed on Instagram live makes their scenes like much darker. And I think... I've always said, like, the worst part about Ferris scenes was that there was no redemption whatsoever for the audience. You would just watch these people be awful to each other, but there was no love behind any of it. And I'm worrying that Barr and uh, Ashley's segments are going that way, that you cannot feel the love behind any of it. It's almost like a good example I use for the opposite of that is the Kardashians, (laughs) Because they fight a lot, but at the end of every episode, they're like, we love each other. We're best friends. And, like, you genuinely feel that they love each other. And, yes, the Kardashians is basically scripted, so it's a little different. But I just feel like there's something really dark about Barr and Ashley segments. It's, like, hard for me to, like, fully jump into. Although, I mean, Ashley is so fucking beautiful. Have we discussed this? Is Ashley, like, the prettiest teen mom to ever exist? I think she might be. She's definitely the prettiest when young and pregnant. But she's so pretty. Like, just in that scene where uh, she was, like, getting ready for the party, like, with her friend. And she had, like, her hair in a bun. And she had that blue top on. Like, I was like, god damn, Ashley is so pretty. Um, I definitely understand, like, why Ashley was cast. I just, I'm worried that it's going to go too far. Um, the Troy stuff is heavy, but I guess real, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it, yeah. Um, and Shen is just, she's next level. She's next level. And I, I don't know how interested I'm going to be in watching Ashley and Shen fight for the next however many seasons, because there's never going to be a solution. Like, we know that. At least that's how I feel as the audience, that there will absolutely never be, like, a solution because Ashley's too hard-headed and Shen is too crazy, and they're never going to come and meet in the middle, at least not for long. And I'm just not sure, like, how long that can go on it, for the viewers. And last but not least, there's Dear Lexi. <sighs> Honestly, there's nothing to recap when it comes to Lexi, but I do enjoy watching her on the show find her compelling. I would love for Lexi to figure out those eyebrows. You know, I hope one day we're in uh, Lexi. (laughs) We're in Lexi's makeup meeting. (laughs) Sorry, I can't. (laughs) And uh, they're talking about her eyebrow journey, much like Janelle's. Uh, Also, Lexi has like an incredible body. And I know that's creepy because she's 17. But when she went to pick up her cousin, and she was in like low-rise jeans and barely a top. I was like, that girl had a baby, like, yesterday. Ugh, to be 17. Anyway, that's my Young and Pregnant thoughts. I think next week is the finale. Uh, I am excited to see a Young and Pregnant reunion. I'm curious how that will be. Now, am I an idiot for getting my hopes up about a Teen Mom reunion? Yes, I am. But, I don't know, I... I'm praying to God they bring Danae, but I don't think he was there. If we don't see Danae at the fucking reunion, I'm going to be pissed, guys. I'm going to be really pissed. I deserve to see him. Me, personally. Liz Bentley deserves it. (laughs) Anyway, let's go to Teen Mom 2 after a five-second break. I'm 
starting with Janelle today because I'm pissed. I'm pissed. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, my personal Twitter account is at Ben, B-E-N-T underscore L-E-Y. But if you follow me on my Feathers and My Hair account, which is E-B-P, you know, like Emotionally Broken Psychos, E-B-P underscore Feathers, you'll see that I have um, gone off this week about this segment. When the fuck did MTV stop editing out the F-slur? You know what you'll never hear me say on this fucking podcast? The F-slur. If you don't know what that is, congrats. Not the F-word, the hard F-slur. They absolutely edited it out when Matt said it about Amber's brother, when David said it about Dr. Drew. Why did Nate say it three fucking times on this episode? What the fuck is going on? What is going on? Why is MTV not editing it out? That's a... It's a homophobic slur. Since when are we allowed to use homophobic slurs on TV in 2018? Why is that okay? I don't give a fuck if Nate is quoting David. Don't say the fucking word. Don't say it. Don't fucking say it. I'm like, I was honestly enraged. And by the way, Ashley, his girlfriend, who I'm not going on TV. I hate Teen Mom. They're not even allowed to use my voice who's now like a featured player and has also the worst voice, was tweeting this week that was like, let me actually read the exact tweet. Janelle, I would text you, but you have me blocked. Please check your husband and tell him to stop harassing my man, calling him a, in quotations, F-slur boy over text. We are enjoying a night with our family on the water and his random harassing texts are unnecessary. Thank you. Kiss emoji. Now, she didn't say F-slur boy. She used the word. Why are Ashley and Nate so comfortable using that word? Could it be because they use it too? Oh, I think it could be. Um, I have edited. <laughs> I really like flex my editing skills here. I have edited what MTV should have played when it came to Nate's rant. And I am going to insert it right here. Never text my wife some bull like that again, boy. If you got a question, you can ask me. And one thing that I'm getting sick of is him throwing around the word like it's cool, okay? There are people who are gay, and you should be totally accepted towards that idea. If it's not affecting your life, so what? Using as a derogatory way is the same same thing as using an N-word around black people. You know, you just don't do it. There you go. There's Nate talking about the inappropriate texts that David sent. By the way, yeah, David should not have sent those texts. David's a fucking disgusting homophobe. But there's those rants without him, without us having to hear a homophobic slur on TV. It's just, it's so, I don't get it. I don't get it because they've edited it out in the past. I don't get why they're not editing out now. And it doesn't make Nate look good that he feels so comfortable saying it. I'm worked up. Yeah, I'm worked up. I'm always worked up, though. So let's go into a recap. And I'm going to also, don't worry, I'm going to go into Nate's, um, it's like saying the N-word around black people. Because of course Nate says the N-word around non-black people. You guys really think Nate doesn't use the N-word? You guys really think Nate doesn't use the F-slur? If you do, I've got a bridge to sell you. By the way, why is that an expression, I've got a bridge to sell you? Why wouldn't I want to buy a bridge? I live in Florida. Maybe I need a bridge to get, I mean, it's been raining. Maybe I need a bridge to get over my flooded roads. (laughs) Okay, so Janelle's segment starts out with her in LA meeting a makeup company, which um, if anybody's wondering the status of JE Cosmetics, it is not happening. I mean, she like launched some stuff and now they're reformulating it. I don't know. Um... The makeup lady was terrifying, to say the least. Her makeup was so fucking disturbing. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't really handle it. It was really, really, really upsetting. Um, th- they do talk about Janelle's eyebrow journey, which I thought was very funny. And I will say the photographer had a really cute little beret on. And my best friend, Megan, who does not listen to this podcast because she does not watch Teen Mom... But she always wears a beret and looks really cute in them. And I think this winter, since I'll be, you know, 
living where it's cold, I think I'm going to start wearing a beret. I think it'll look cute. That's my uh, fashion goal for this winter. Janelle and David, because of course David's there, because why would Janelle not, why would Janelle take a business meeting alone? They sit down to talk about (laughs) the makeup, and they're talking about what they should have. And I'm like, I watch this for the first time on Wednesday, and I just keep thinking about it and laughing to myself when David says, (laughs) I think there should be literature involved. (laughs) Like, explaining how to do the makeup. (laughs) I don't know why it was so fucking funny to me. Like, I rewound that multiple times. David just, like, obviously having no clue about makeup, not understanding, like, what he needs to say, but he wanted to sound like... He knew what he was talking about. Is just like, let's include literature. <laughs> and the lady was like, yeah, like, we'll definitely have, like, tutorials on the website. <laughs> David is so fucking stupid. He's so stupid. And I am so looking forward to him not being on the show anymore. I cannot wait for David being fired. TBH. So they're back in North Carolina, and we get a really cute scene of them on the, like, David, Janelle, and Ensley are on the floor, and then Kaiser comes in and, like, gives Ensley kisses. To be honest, it was a really cute scene. Ensley's a cute baby. I think Ensley's a cute baby. Is her head misshapen? Maybe. I don't... That doesn't make her uncute to me. Should Janelle have gotten the fucking helmet thing? Probably. (laughs) But you know what? She did (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Um... So Jamie, Janelle's only friend, comes over, and I noticed Janelle's drinking a beer, which is kind of weird for her. Janelle has never been a heavy drinker, especially not a beer drinker. Um, she Janelle, if, in case you guys don't know, Janelle rarely drinks. Janelle and I actually have this in common back when I used to not be sober. Um, it's not that, like, I rarely drank. I just, like, drinking was always, like, my least favorite way to get fucked up um I always preferred smoking over drinking always and um I liked other drugs better than drinking as well and I think Janelle is the same way but like it's not that I didn't drink it just like wasn't I was not like a heavy casual drinker when I drank like I drank a lot but you know I wouldn't almost ever like drink at my house by myself um Like, I rarely would just, like, have wine by myself or drink beers. Uh, I just never liked drinking nearly as much as I like smoking pot or taking Xanax. And I, Janelle is the same way. So I was kind of surprised this year, like, casually sipping on a beer, at least what I thought was a beer. Looked like she had a Corona, which I think is the beer that David drinks. So Janelle says the meeting went great and that they're going to do an eyebrow kit and keeps talking about the eyebrow component. And it was just. I don't know. It was just funny. Like, I mean, Janelle has come a long way on her eyebrow journey, although I really wish she would get her eyebrows microbladed and just, like, do it once and for all and have them look good. Um, Janelle apparently changed her bio on Facebook, and so everybody thought her and David broke up, and I vaguely remember this happening, that she, like, removed her marital status, but this is, like, Janelle has been trolling online since the AOL 98 days. Like, Janelle's an online troll, and I think she does stuff like fucks with her relationship status just to get people's attention, and apparently, like, a bunch of people are messaging her and assuming that she broke up. As I'm sure you guys know, like, the people online that are obsessed with Janelle, like, Janelle cannot do anything online with them without them seeing it and finding it out and, like, talking about it. So they thought that she and David had broken up. So, while Jamie and Janelle are talking about this, Janelle gets a text from Nate, and I'm going to read you the screenshot of the text. Now, I know some people fell for this. Not me. Okay. So, from what we can see on the phone is, also, I hate the fact that people tell me everything. I mean, you can tell that, like, there's some text above it, but this is where it starts because this is, like, a 500-word essay that Nate sends her. Also, I hate the fact that people tell me everything. I honestly don't care, and it's really none of my business. But whatever is going on, I just want you and Kaiser to be happy. That's my utmost priority. 
You and David are married. You've been together for over two years now. You both have everything you want plus each other. Just know we all go through our ups and downs in relationships, and I'm sure y'all will figure it out. Stay positive and level-headed. You both got those little monsters that look up to you. I've never been bitter. I've been upset because I just want everyone to get along and co-parent. I know it sucks being in the public eye sometimes, so remember, like I told you, sometimes it's okay to stay a little private. Everyone and their brothers and sisters says this, something's blocked out, so I'm assuming it's a curse word. Probably shit. Says this shit about yours and David's relationship, but I've never seen you so calm and in a shell. You guys make a good couple. I'm done rambling. You guys make a good couple. All right, I'm done rambling. If you, and then it cuts off. This is so fucking manipulative, and I can't believe that people don't understand this. Nate is a manipulator. Just last week at the reunion, he said that Janelle's the worst that he's ever seen her, that David is punching his son in the face. Guys, at this point, I mean, still, Nate believes that that David punches Kaiser in the face. This is what he believes. I mean, I believe the story, too, because I personally, I believe Doris. But Nate said last week that his son is being abused, that he believes that Janelle is being abused. He thinks that, like, David controls everything that Janelle does. And then he sends her a fucking text that says, I've never seen you so calm in in a shell. I don't know what in a shell means, but I (laughs) I think it's supposed to be a positive compliment. You guys make a good couple. Why would he say that to Janelle unless he was trying to manipulate her? Why would he text her at all about the status of her relationship? Janelle, okay, the fact that Janelle and Nate are allowed to text one another is absolutely insane. It needs to be in their custody agreement that they only communicate via like that court email system that's monitored. Um, If you guys don't know this, courts, uh, I think... All courts, most courts, family courts have this system where like parents can send messages back and forth through a court monitored system. That's the only way that they're allowed to communicate. Otherwise, it's basically a no contact order, which is clearly what Janelle and Nate need to have because David texts Nate fucking crazy stuff. Nate's texting her shit about her relationship. Why is Nate texting her shit about her relationship? Why is Nate saying to her, that's, you guys are good together. I just want you to be happy. Nate doesn't give a fuck. Last week, he, like, imagine, imagine you believe that your child is, your two-year-old. Kaiser's not even three. Eh. When was Kaiser born? 2004. Okay, you're three-year-old. I think he was three when this was being shot. Imagine that your three-year-old has told your mother that David hits him in the face. Imagine you believe your three-year-old every time he, like, makes a motion, he's scared he's going to get hit. Like, you believe in the bottom of your heart that your three-year-old is being abused, physically beat by the husband of your ex. Then you hear online that David and, like, that your ex and her husband are breaking up. What would be your cause of action, not cause of action. What would be your plan of action? For me, it would not be to send a text saying that you guys need to stay private and work on things and that I've never seen you so happy and that you guys are a good couple. That's fucking insane. That's insane. And Jamie is right. That's Nate trying to weasel his way into Janelle. Now, do I think that Nate wants to be with Janelle? No, I genuinely don't think that Nate wants to be with Janelle. And I also genuinely don't think that Janelle wants to be with Nate. I think they're both so fucking sick and so unhealthy that they can't not play with each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, they can't not do these things where every time Nate sees online that Janelle and David are fighting, he texts Janelle. Or Janelle, if she sees him being too happy with Ashley, like, she texts him. I don't think it comes from a place of, like, wanting to genuinely be together. I think they're just so, so fucking sick that they, like, do this thing together where they, like, they're, they both, like, play these games with each other. I'm sorry, but I cannot imagine having a child that I believed is being physically abused and sending that per- the child's other parent a text and being, like... I think you guys are a great couple about the person that I think is beating up my child. And this is how I know Nate is a manipulator. And I know people want to read this and be like, I think it's pretty nice. He just cares for her. No, if Nate cared for her, he wouldn't text her at all about personal stuff. And Nate doesn't care for her. Nate does not care for her. I don't know 
how people don't understand that Nate has never cared for Janelle. Nate has fucking hated Janelle since like 2013, like when Kaiser was born. <laughs> Nate, I think he was born in 2014. Uh, I think I already just said that five seconds ago. I don't know. Nate does not care for Janelle. He does not like Janelle. So for Nate to like send these texts when he thinks Janelle is breaking up with David is just, it's insane. And it's not, who for whose benefit is this? He hates David, too. So why would he assume that, like, he should send it to... I don't know. It just... It just... It really... Nate gets under my skin in a way that, like, I should see a therapist about, to be honest. (laughs) Nate triggers something in me that is so incredibly unhealthy that, like, I should stop doing this podcast and walk right to a therapist's office. So, (sighs) we find out that Nate... Oh, and also in this moment, Janelle's like, um, in this moment, Janelle's like, well, he never texts me about Kaiser to see how Kaiser is. But the minute like he hears something's up with me and David, he sends me a text. And I believe that Nate doesn't give a fuck about Kaiser. Guys, if Nate gave a fuck about Kaiser, he wouldn't be living in Florida. He'd be in he would have gone to rehab. He would be trying to be sober. He'd be in therapy to work on his PTSD. He'd be trying to figure out how to live with his TBI or whatever's going on. And he'd be working hard to be an active parent in Kaiser's life. He wouldn't be fucking living in Florida with his girlfriend. Nate doesn't give a fuck about Kaiser. Come on. So David, of course, is not pleased that that Nate sent Janelle this text and sends him a bunch of shit and... To avoid them getting to a fight, Janelle and David send David's mom to go do the drop-off. Now, should they have sent David's mom? I don't know. Because Nate is really unstable. It's not fair that David's mom was kind of asked to be put in the middle. But at the same time, like, I don't see how David going there would have been right. And I don't see how Janelle going there would have been good. I I really do think they sent David in there to de-escalate this, excuse me, David's mom in there to de-escalate the situation. So, uh, David, first of all, I hope you guys all noticed how hard Nate was slurring, how red his face was. Nate was drunk as fuck in this drop-off scene. There's no way. What I wish we saw was on camera was them driving to the drop-off and Nate and Doris and Ashley in one car to hear what Nate was saying to like hype himself up to have this fight. So, Nate puts Kaiser in the car and is like, uh, you seem like a sweetheart to Laura. Can we just have a talk? And you can tell right away that David's mom is like, no. (laughs) She goes, I'm just the grandma. I'm just the grandma. And Nate's like, I'm trying to co-parent and be nice. First of all, the drop-offs are supposed to be me and Janelle. First of all, I'm pretty sure the drop-offs are supposed to be Janelle and Doris because Nate's not allowed to be unsupervised with, uh, Kaiser. Also, like, maybe because I've never been in this situation, why would you care who's doing the drop-off? Wouldn't you prefer not to see Janelle and David? They need to be doing their drop-off drop-offs at the police station, in my opinion. But I just, I don't really get, like, why they care so much who's doing the drop-offs. I mean, I know they care because Nate cares because he wants to have a fight with Janelle and David, But, like, if I'm Nate or I'm Janelle or I'm whoever, like, as long as my kid's there on time and it's somebody that's not, like, a complete fucking stranger, like David's mom, who's Kaiser's step-grandmother, fine. Thanks for showing up. See you later. I just, (laughs) it seems very weird to me that they're so focused on who's supposed to be doing the drop-off. If anything, you think they'd be glad that David wasn't there at the (laughs) drop-off? If I'm Nate, I never want to see David's face ever. I never want to talk to David. I want nothing to do with David. So Laura keeps being like, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to get involved. And Nate's like, I'm just trying to co-parent. I'm trying to help. And reads the text where, you know, he reads the text that I played in the audio earlier. And Laura's like, Here's the thing. There's so much said between all of y'all. I can't really take one thing out of context. Now, should Laura have been horrified that her son was saying the F slur? Yeah, of course. But let's be real. Laura probably doesn't care. Have you guys followed the other Easton children? They're all trash. They're back... Excuse me. I just hiccuped. They're backwoods trash family. 
that's just the reality of the situation. Like, Laura doesn't care that David said the F slur, but at the same time, like, why should she be the one that has to fight with Nate? Like, if I'm in that situation, I would have been like, I don't want to be involved as well. I think she, I think she handled herself really well when she was just like, I don't care. I'm the grandma. Like, I can't do anything about this. And I do think she has a point when she says, like, both of you guys say a lot of stuff back and forth to each other. Like, I... I can't just read this one thing out of context. The reality is, I'm sure Nate says some very similar homophobic, homophobic, shitty stuff back to David. Like, of course he does, because Nate is homophobic. When people used to accuse him being of, of being gay, back when he was with Janelle, um, he would say really terrible stuff about sodomy and how you can't be gay because he's a Christian and he believes in Christ and gay people are sinners. And this was not long ago. This was like three years ago. You know, this wasn't like in 2004. Like this happened in 2015 type of situation. So, um, like David's mom starts crying and is like, I don't want to be involved in this. And she's like trying to walk away from Nate. Nate's not letting her walk away. Nate is yelling. Like I look, do I think David Eason's mother is a good person? Probably not. I'd say the chances are pretty low that she's a good person, but I felt genuinely bad for her that she just had to stand there and Nate screamed at her for something she had no control over. Just like Dora shouldn't get yelled at by Janelle and David, just like Barbara shouldn't get yelled at by Janelle and David, David's mom shouldn't get yelled at by Nate. It's not, stop involving these people that have nothing to do with it. Especially Laura Eason, who really has nothing to do with it. At least Doris and Barbara are like the co-parents. Like David's mom just watches Ensley sometimes. Well, a lot of times, I think. But like she really has nothing to do with any of this drama. And she's like, my son's 29 years old. Like, I don't know what you want me to do about this. And uh, she gets in her car and Nate yells. I tried to talk to her professionally. These drop-offs are going so unprofessional. (laughs) What do you think it's like to be Ashley and hear Nate talking about people being professional? (laughs) And uncivilized. This is why I know Ashley's a dum-dum. This is why I know Ashley's a dum-dum. Like, imagine listening to Nate talk. (laughs) Look, I know I say words on here wrong all the time. And I, like, will legit say out loud sometimes. Like, oh, I don't know how to say that word. But, God, if I'm like Nate, someone strike me down. So, um... We get Ashley and Nate having a conversation, and Ashley's like, I thought drop-offs are supposed to be between you and Janelle. And Nate's like, yeah, every time they know I'm coming, they don't show up. Which, one, shows that Nate doesn't come to a lot of drop-offs. Surprise, surprise, because he lives in Florida, and Doris is Kaiser's primary caregiver when Nate's there. And two, like, once again, I just don't understand why it's bad that they don't want to fight with Nathan. I just don't, I don't get that. Um, Ashley's like, you know, like, this is supposed to be between you and Janelle. And that's why I stay in the background and David should stay in the background too. First of all, I just want you guys to remember that Ashley's been with Nate for six months at the time of this filming. (laughs) This was filmed sometime around November, December of last year. I'm pretty sure Oh, no, this was Ensley's birthday, so it was January. This was filmed around January of this year, and Nate and Ashley didn't get together until, like, May 2017. Like, girl, come on. Come on. The reason that you're not involved is because you're not married to Nate, and you've barely been with Nate for a minute at the time of filming. She's a drama queen. Ashley likes the drama, which I called on here many moons ago that she liked the drama just as much as the rest of them and the fact that she's all up on social media defending Nate and now she's on camera defending Nate just proves it so (sighs) Nate then gives us our classic line of using the f slur in a derogatory way is the same thing as using the n-word around black people you just don't do it okay so Nate just so you guys know, is um, anti-NFL players protesting. Nate is pro-Confederate flag. And Nate 
uses the N-word. And don't give me some shit like he was trying to say that. No. He clearly said you don't use the N-word around black people. He clearly said that. That was not him stumbling over his words. I mean, he was very, very drunk. So, you know, who knows what bullshit, like, he says when he's drunk versus when he's sober. But come on. Come on, guys. Let's be real. Nate uses the N-word. Of course he does. You know when Nate's listening to rap, he uses the N-word while he raps around along with the song. Nate's a bad person. God, I can't believe, wait for also for David to be off this show because the next scene, oh, and also Ashley's like, hopefully one day we can all get together for Kaiser's sake. (laughs) Ashley, who are you? Who are you? So David's mom is back at Janelle and David's house and tells her what happened. And I noticed not one time does David say, Mom, I'm so sorry for putting you in that situation. If my mom told me that, I would be horrified. And I'd be like, holy shit, Mom, I cannot believe that happened. I'm so fucking sorry. I will never put you in that situation again. Because the whole time David's mom's like, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be doing that again. And neither David nor Janelle were like, yeah, of course, like we will never ask you to do that again. We totally did not see this coming. It's like David's mom is just like there and they're barely acknowledging her. Uh, David makes a homophobic slash misogynistic statement saying that Nathan's acting like a female because it's just like a female to like drama. And Laura's like, some females like drama and some males like drama. Janelle makes a good point where she's like, why didn't Doris get out of the car and tell Nathan to stop yelling at you? Um, yeah, I agree. I think that Doris should have absolutely gotten out of the car. Uh, I think Laura and Doris know each other a little bit because Laura's done drop-offs before. Um, if I was Doris, I'm sure I would have gotten out of the car. I mean, like, please, Nathan, come on, get in the car. This isn't productive. I probably actually, as I'm sure he shared his plans to get into a fight, like, before you know, the drop-off even happened. And if I was Doris, I'd be like, no, you stay in the car and I'll just go get Kaiser. I definitely would not have allowed that to happen. But as we saw him being Nate, Doris kind of enables Nate and lets him go off on his things, his like anger tangents and doesn't do shit about it. But at the same time, much like what's Laura supposed to do about David's anger, really what's Doris supposed to do about Nate's anger? Um, I mean, I'll never forget being Nathan in the way that he treated Doris. And I think Doris is genuinely and rightfully scared of Nate. And I can't say that I would step in if I know Nate is drunk and angry. I don't know if I would ever step in and put myself in the middle, even if it's the right thing to do. I don't know. I think Dave, I think Nathan has probably hit Doris. I mean, he hits women. You know, Nathan's a domestic abuser. And I really would not be surprised if he's hitting, uh, hit Doris in a drunken rage before. That was definitely the vibe I got on being Nathan. Um, so David lets us know that if I see you again, I'm going to break your fuck, I'm going to break his fucking face. Great. And Janelle's like, well, that's why we're trying to avoid him in Trump offs. Oh my God. David's anger is really scary. It's really scary. David is a terrifying person. Um, he says something like about Nathan using these talking words, but David's going to fight. Um, David would probably stab Nathan, like, without hesitation. I I just feel so sad for Kaiser that his mom is Janelle, his dad is Nate, and his stepdad is David. It's just, uh, it's a sad life. It's a really sad life. Poor Kaiser. But yeah, that was, I mean, that was a great Janelle episode. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say it like it was awful, but that was great to watch. Okay, so let's go into Leah. Did you guys notice Allie's little aviator glasses that are like old man glasses? They were kind of cute, but also kind of weird. (laughs) I wonder if she picked those out. Um, She's making slime with Corey. uh, As we see, Leah is with Gracie. I've noticed this show, I think, really makes it seem like Leah has the girls the majority of the time, but... Corey has them the majority of the time. So Leah is FaceTiming a friend and Leah's nose is honestly stuffier than Jax Taylor's on Vanderpump Rules. Why is Leah's nose always so stuffy? Now, I know why I think it's always so stuffy. (laughs) 
And I think it's because she's snorting drugs. I mean, sorry, not sorry, but that's what it sounds like. It's just what it sounds like. Oh, by the way, I just looked at my phone and I had a tweet pulled up that I forgot to read. So let's pretend we're still in Janelle's segment. And Nate tweeted, I know if it's in a ring, the moment you come at me, I'm going to clean the clock off your clock. I'm going to clean that clock of yours and then maybe you can think straight. Hashtag LBGTQ. I know you would all love to start a fundraiser to see this fight. And if you get it together, I know I'll be there and show up to fight for y'all. Okay, first of all, Nate doesn't even know what the fucking acronym is. LBGTQ. Hey, LBGTQ community. He's really fighting for us. Um, I just want to say, like, as a bi woman, like, leave my fucking name out of your mouth, Nathan. First of all. He's, like, legitimately asking for people to start a fundraiser for him to fight David in the name of LBGTQ issues. (sighs) I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Okay, let's go back to Leah. So, Grace is going to therapy, and... Leah keeps asking Grace if she's excited to go to therapy, and it's just so weird. I would never ask a kid if they're excited to go to therapy. Who's excited to go to therapy? Nobody wants to go to therapy. I went to therapy as an eight-year-old, and I hated it. Um, I understood that I was going there because, like, something was wrong with me, that it was different, that most of my friends did not go to therapy. I mean, maybe it's different in this day and age, but I kind of doubt it. It's just such a weird thing, and it shows that Leah really doesn't understand, in my opinion, like, how to talk to kids, like, as a mom. Like, when she, I don't know, she's just like, are you excited? Are you excited? Like, why would Grace be excited to go to a doctor? Does Grace even know what a therapist is? Like, I'm not so sure Grace even understands what a therapist is. Why would she be excited for that? It's just weird. It doesn't make any sense. It... I don't know. I'm so confused. I'm so confused by Leah and the way she navigates this world because she doesn't navigate it the same as I do. So we see the scene of them driving to therapy and Leah wants her to do her I feels about going to therapy and Grace just doesn't want to do it. And Leah's like, you have too bad. You have to do it. It's like, just chill out, Leah. Just chill out. Like, let Grace just, like, exist. Let her chill. First of all, she had Grace had Leah's phone in her hand, if you guys didn't notice. Like, she was playing on a phone, and Leah was, like, trying to have a conversation with her. If you want to have a conversation with a seven-year-old, don't give them a phone to play with. <laughs> then you're not going to have a conversation. Leah constantly sets her girls up for failure. She constantly wants to, like, have these conversations, but she'll do things like give the girl a phone. You know, and then she gets frustrated. And that's not Grace's fault. Grace is seven. Um, Leah keeps being like, are you excited? Are you nervous? And she's like, you want to talk to her like she's your friend. It's just so, it's so weird. And Leah is like, well, do you want to hear about when I went to therapy? And Grace is like, a doy. And Leah's like, that's rude. Don't say that. Um, It just... I feel so sad for Grace in this scene because this is all Leah's fault that she's acting like this. She should have just let Grace, like, chill the fuck out. They didn't need to talk about anything. Let Grace play on the phone. She's about to go to, like, something kind of weird and different for the first time. Like, not everything needs to be about your I feels, Leah. Uh, Grace even says, like, I'm nervous because I don't know how to start a conversation with her. Like, Grace is rightfully nervous about therapy and Leah wants her to talk about it by the way like I'm having a big issue with all of these people like making their kids talk about therapy on camera I as a kid that went to therapy like I remember being so embarrassed about my issues because I understood that I had issues um wow that just made me tear up saying that (laughs) just got a little tear in my eye but I, I, like, deeply remember the feeling of shame and embarrassment about my behavior when I was, like, eight. I think I went to therapy the first time when I was eight. I was in third grade, I think. Maybe fourth grade, so maybe I was nine. And I remember, like, things have been going pretty bad for me um, 
for like a little bit of time before I had to go. And I remember just like that feeling of like frustration and anger and like how, at least for me, and I mean, obviously I don't know if this is how Grace felt, but like I so clearly 22 years later (laughs) remember like how much it sucked to feel like I wasn't doing the right thing and I didn't know why I wasn't doing the right thing. Like my mom used to be like, why are you lying? And I would tell her like, because my brain told me to lie. Like I would tell my mom, my mom would be like, I mean, my mom was a mess and she'd be like, so why are you lying to me? Why are you lying to me? And I would just like have these breakdowns and be like, my brain told me to lie. (laughs) Like, is that not the saddest fucking thing? And I just like, I remember like being acutely aware at that age that like my brain wasn't right, you know, and like that I was different than my brother and I was different than my friends. Like, I couldn't do well in school, and, like, I, oh, my God, I'm having a moment. Like, I just, I was so different from, like, other kids, like, not how I looked or how I dressed, but, like, how my brain reacted to things. And, like, I had friends, and I was very social, and, like, I didn't have problems really at, like, recess or sleepovers. Like, I just, like, had these issues that made me different, and I just, like, felt so much guilt over it and so much shame over it, and I hated it. I hated that I felt like I had no control over, like, anything in my life or my emotions, and um, I can't imagine if that was put on TV, you know? Like, I can't, I can't imagine, like, it was bad enough hearing my mom, like, talk to, like, my aunts about it or my friend or her friends about it, like, I remember being so embarrassed when, like, my mom would, I would, like, have my meltdowns or my issues, and, like, my mom would tell someone about it over the phone. Like, I remember being so, I would feel so betrayed and hurt by that, that I just can't, I can't, I can't even imagine what it's like for Grace. And Princess actually pointed out in the Facebook group that it's possible that Grace, when the cameras are in the car, that, you know, because it's just the GoPros, that she doesn't even really realize that they're being recorded because she's just so used to them being there. But I just, I feel so sad for Grace and for Jace that like these kids that have trouble, like they have to live that out on television and that they don't get a choice in that. You know, like when you're eight and your whole, like you're bad enough that you have to go to therapy, like you're, you know that as a kid, like from one fucked up kid, like I knew that things were fucked up and it was just like the feeling of embarrassment of being different was so (sighs) profound and I just can't imagine if my mom was questioning me for the sake of television, you know, for the sake of a fucking storyline and then all these assholes on the fucking internet are calling me a brat for kicking the seat. She was kicking the seat because she didn't know what the fuck else to do. I don't know. This got way, like, way too personal. (laughs) I don't know why I just, I don't know why I just had that emotional reaction. (laughs) But I relate to Grace and going to therapy as a kid is hard and scary. (sighs) Any, anyway. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I'm a fucking mess. Uh, at least I'm not as messy as I was as a kid. <laughs> uh, the good news is, is it did get a lot better for me and I'm no longer depressed and I'm a genuinely happy person and my life is good and I've figured out my learning disabilities and my meltdowns and my PTSD. <laughs> but it sucks when you're eight and you have all those issues and they don't know what the fuck to do with you. <laughs> Um, okay, so Grace has her therapy, and afterwards they call Corey and in the car on speaker, and Leah recounts what the, Grace said to the therapist, and that Grace isn't sure why she acts the way she does, just like, just like little old Liz, and then they go for food, and this is one of the weirdest scenes that I've ever seen on Teen Mom. So Leah starts talking about that fact that Grace and Allie are different. Okay, fine. She's like, I know there are other twins at your school and you see them being the same, but you and Allie aren't the same and that's fine. And like, you know, it, it's fine. They have like a, a decent conversation. And she's like, um, I'm glad that we're figuring out why you aren't always the nicest to Allie. It's okay. But then, then Leah says, 
that was so awkward. That was so awkward to tell you that. That was so hard to tell you that. What the fuck, Leah? I can't remember my mom ever saying something was awkward to tell me. My mom told me some fucked up shit. I mean, maybe that speaks more of my mom than than of me. But, um, than of Leah. But it's just, it's so weird. Like, am I wrong to think that's, like, a very weird thing? Like, first of all, what she was saying wasn't that deep. Like, at all. She was like, yeah, Allie's different. Than-. Like, I would assume that they've been having that conversation every day for the last five years. But I guess I assumed wrong. And why would you ever tell an eight-year-old that something was awkward to tell them? I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't really understand. I don't understand, Leah. Poor Gracie. She's in for it with that mother of hers. All right, let's go on to Chelsea. So, We find out that they are, I'm not going to do a full recap of it. Honestly, I fucking hate recapping Chelsea segments. So I just want to talk about the interesting part. Chelsea goes to court because they're going to get Aubrey's last name changed and change visits to the visitation center. Now, Cole doesn't go with her for reasons I can't figure out. They say something like they couldn't get a babysitter because it was right after the holidays and nobody could get off work. But she goes with Chelsea Grace. I'm sorry, that's weird as fuck. I don't understand why Cole isn't the one that goes with her. I still think, and I've talked about this on the show, that Chelsea is holding Cole at arm's length when it comes to Adam. I think she still, like, hates who she was with Adam so much and hated her life with Adam so much and is so insecure about it that she is scared that if Cole gets a full glimpse of that, that he won't love her anymore. I really, I really do think that. And I think it's very sad And I think it's sad that Cole wasn't there. You would think that she would want Cole to be there or that she'd... Okay, so let's say Cole can't go with her. I'm sorry, it's weird to have your best friend go to a court date with you. And I say this as someone who, like, deeply loves my best friends. Like, deeply loves them. Like, you go alone or you go with your spouse. Like, what? why was Chelsea Grace there? I don't know. I don't understand. But we find out that... Chelsea gets what she wants. She calls Randy and they agree to the name change in the visitations. His parents are getting one week in a month, which I think is fine. Hopefully, I think by the time middle school comes around that they'll amend that. And uh, Chelsea, excuse me, Aubrey will just go over there like when she wants to go over there. But she's eight. I think one week in a month, which I'm pretty sure is just Saturday to Sunday is fine. And I think it's good that she still has a connection to the lens like that. And Chelsea is like so happy that. Aubrey has the same last name as her that she starts to cry. She does say that Adam's mom was really mean. She tried to confront. She says she tried to confront me before court and I told her I wasn't comfortable talking and she told me to grow up. Now, I mean, okay. Adam's mom has known Chelsea since Adam was 15. Adam's mom sees a different side to Chelsea than what we see on Teen Mom. (sighs) I kind of agree with Adam's mom, at least the way that Chelsea tells the story. Like, if I'm Adam's mom and we're in court, like, and I just want to talk to you and you refuse to talk to me, but, like, you're, tr- you're like, messing with our visitation schedule. Like, you care enough to get lawyers, but you can't talk to me like a fucking adult. Grow up, Chelsea. And I'm surprised that anybody is, like, surprised that Chelsea's an ineffective and immature communicator. Like, this is not the first time we've accused Chelsea of being immature. Chelsea is immature. And she does need to grow up about certain things. And I've seen so much hate online from Adam's mom for this comment, which is insane. We don't know anything about Adam's parents. Chelsea herself said that there's been no issues between them for the last three years when it comes to them supervising. Um, did they make mistakes with Adam super- with being Adam's supervisors like three or four years ago? Yeah, they did. They left Adam alone with her and they let Adam drive with her. But like as soon as it was made clear that they could not do that, they didn't do it again. They haven't had issues in years. And I think Adam's parents, Adam got really bad really fast, at least when it comes to like drugs and alcohol. He spiraled really quickly. And I think it was probably really overwhelming to the Lynn's. They didn't realize how bad he was. They weren't taking it so seriously. And they fucked up and they let Adam be alone with her and they have not made that mistake again and they have at Aubrey every other weekend of her life. Um, I think that 
Chelsea refusing to talk to her mom and people are like, the lawyers probably told her that. But if the lawyers told her that, she would have said that when she was recounting. She would have said, Amazon tried to talk to me. I told her the lawyer said that I shouldn't talk to her and she told me to grow up. No, she said she wasn't comfortable talking to her because Chelsea is a baby and won't speak to anybody that's going to disagree with her. Duh. I don't know. I found it. I found that funny that Chelsea was like crying about Ad- well she wasn't even crying about him so I'm being mean to her she was crying she was so happy but then she sounded like a little baby in my opinion but look I'm genuinely help healthy I'm genuinely happy for the Lynn DeBoer family I think adding DeBoer to her last name if I would I do it in Chelsea's shoes like I don't know but I'm happy for them they're gonna have a new baby all three kids are gonna share a last name with the parents Cole's obviously uh, the primary, like, father figure in Aubrey's life. They're happy. They're healthy. As I've said, like, a million times before, like, I'm genuinely happy for Chelsea. I just think she acts like a baby sometimes. Um, I wish we could see Adam's parents on camera. I just want one scene of them talking about Chelsea. (laughs) Because I wonder what Chelsea's actually like to deal with. Hey, guys. To hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash eb psychos thank you all so much have a great week bye this has been an episode of feathers in my hair an emotionally broken psychos patreon exclusive executive producers molly mcleer and liz bentley produced by nicole matthews special thanks to sarah d giovanna for our logo head on over to our patreon page for more rewards www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos and come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.